What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Releasing finally and my more, more normal time to drop episodes. We're back. This is your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related on today's episode. We're actually going to be diving into the mailbag. We got two voicemails uh, that bring up very interesting topics. Before we're going to get into our player profile, our season review, this time we're going to be doing Nikola Vucevic. This is the Shea special since he did send in a voicemail. I went ahead and decided I'm going to go ahead and review uh, Nikola Vucevic's season just for Shea. Uh, we're going to get into all that and some more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So first up, we're diving into the mailbag first this episode. This first voicemail, we got two very interesting ones. Shout out to JDH who left, I don't think it's his first voicemail, but he left a very good voicemail asking about how cap space and everything works. But first, we're going to get into Shay, and Shay wants to bring up this. Hey, Hayes, what's up? This is Shay. You know, I've been thinking about this Trey Nikola Vucevic thing. Now, I'm not saying that we should, you know, Vucevic is my boy, but, I mean, when it comes down to it, people are talking about Trey him, but did you notice that he was the only Chicago Bull in this playoff series against the Milwaukee Bucks that dominated his matchup for majority of the game? I don't get me wrong, DeMar DeRozan scored 40, but... He, at times, was making Brooke Lopez look like a non-factor. We just didn't go to him that much. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. All right. So we all know that uh, for anyone who's been around Chicago Bulls Central for a while, especially if you've been in live streams, you know uh, Nikola Vucevic is Shea's guy. That is his guy. He's been supporting him all season, even throughout the droughts, everything like that. And we'll get into the end of end part of this episode. We'll do a review on Nikola Vucevic's season, and I'll give my rankings there. But he brings in this about Nikola Vucevic's play in the playoffs specifically. And what I will say, me and even Pat over on Locked on Bulls, we did say it, at certain points, especially in the playoff series, it felt like Nikola Vucevic was the only one that understood the moment at certain times. Now, that was more so specifically in the first two games. He still played very, very solidly, um, I would say, throughout um, that. But now... You know, Shea says he 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 almost nullified Brooke Lopez. I wouldn't necessarily say that because Brooke Brooke did his thing in a few of those games. Um, but what I will say in one of the common things is that you know the 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 discontent with Nikola Vucevic um, over the course of the season. Yes, he made he was in a terrible shooting slump. Um, and I'll talk about this a little bit more when I do a season review. His per, his true shooting percentage, a lot of the things weren't as off. Um. As some some people make it out to be now, it, Nikola Vucevic just clearly watching basketball outside of the stats did have a difficult shooting season. If nothing else, if no, however many things you want to lobby towards Nikola Vucevic, the one thing that I think we all have to agree on is that his shooting this season just it was down for him. It was not what you expect from him. It's not what that for a player who's getting paid what he's getting paid that we should have done. Now some of the things could be said. He is he did move to the third option, things like that. But overall, Nikola Vucevic and what we may be saying, and I said this at the beginning of the season, and some people thought that it was completely crazy that I'd be saying that. But as a big man, when you get past that 30 mark, when you get into 31, 32, 33 years old, you do start, you can start seeing a decline from certain big men, especially ones who already didn't start off with that much athleticism. Now, the one thing about Nikola Vucevic's game is that it should be a game that even if he is on a decline, he should be still very effective. Keep in mind, Nikola Vucevic, 17 and 11 over the course of this season. And, you know, 
while that, like I said, I understand, especially with what he, you know what, forget it. We're going to go ahead and do Nikola Vucevic's season review now because it just makes sense in the nature of the conversation and where I'm going to go with certain things that we're just going to do it. Nikola Vucevic, like I said, 17 and 11 over the course of the season. He had a solid PER. He had a true shooting uh, percentage of almost 60%, I believe, which is one of the higher ones from his career. Um, and, and just overall, where it stands with Nikola Vucevic, um, I, I know a lot of Bulls fans are hoping that th that the team moves on from him. I don't really I don't I don't expect it. When you hear AK talk about things like continuity, when you when you hear everybody on the team talking about wanting to bring it back, the one thing that and that's not to say that Nikola Vucevic doesn't have issues. He absolutely does have things that he needs to improve on that he should be doing better. But I think and I think we saw it a little bit, right? We didn't see it fully. But I do think that Patrick Williams does make things easier on Nikola Vucevic. I do think if they also improve the bench, get bring somebody off the bench who can pair next to Vooch or pair next to, to Patrick Williams, it helps them. So Nikola Vucevic had a PER this season of 18.27, which sits, it does actually sit towards the lower. I actually think that is one of the lower PERs. That's the third lowest PER of, of his career. He had a usage rate of 23.6%, which is down from when he was with Orlando last year from 29.4, and he still had a true shooting percentage of 53%, uh, which is towards the middle of the range for his career. Now, Nikola Vucevic's season, um, I, I have to give a solid C+. Um, there were times where he was on. His passing definitely helps the Bulls' offense, and I know that some things that you know, Bulls fans don't want to hear. And like I've always said is that it's easy to point out the things that Nick Nikola Vucevic doesn't do and the things that and bringing in somebody who does the things that he doesn't do. But it's hard too to bring in somebody who's going to do some of the things that Nikola Vucevic doesn't do while maintaining the things that Nikola Vucevic does do that helps this team, especially on the offensive end. Now we need Nick to shoot better. We need him to do other things, like a lot of things better. Be more aggressive in the paint. Stop floating out. At, at this point next season, I only want to see Nick take a couple of shots. And Nick, who calls him Nick? I only want to see Vooch take a few three-pointers a game. I really want to see him focus on being that down low in the presence, uh, uh, post-presence that we need. Um, now, like I said before, some things with um, him and Patrick Williams hopefully playing a full, fully healthy season next to each other can help each other, especially if Patrick Williams continues to take the leap. And, you know, for some Bulls fans, I know they're going to be in the comments, Patrick Williams isn't a four. Patrick Williams can absolutely play the four in this modern NBA. When you when you look, yes, yes, he's, he does. And this, you guys are like Vince McMahon with height. Yes, he doesn't. He's not 6'9". He's not 6'10". But he does have that, what, 7'1", I believe, wingspan. Patrick Williams can absolutely play the four in this modern NBA. And seeing him and Nikola Vucevic next to each other for the majority of the season, I'm interested in seeing that. But I do think it's possible that we are just seeing a decline from a player, Nikola Vucevic, who is 31 years old, who will be going in his, into his 32-year-old season next season and is a, a big man. Yes, 32 years old is not old at all. Hell, I'm older than that. It's not old in real life, but we could. And I'm not saying that Nick is done. But I'm saying that it could, we could possibly be seeing him just start to naturally decline. And what does that mean? You know, for those who, who think that we're going to just package Kobe, Patrick, Pat, uh, uh, package that with, with Vooch and our 18th pick possibly bring in something huge back, it's not likely. It's just not likely. Nikola Vucevic's trade value, I'm sure, is really low right now. But overall, for Vooch's season, I got to still give him a solid C+, plus because they there were times, and we saw when he wasn't out there, when he was out, is that Vooch helps this offense go, especially when we were closest to fully healthy as we were. Um, but, you know, if the Bulls can improve 
from Nikola Vucevic. You know, you hear things like um, Mitchell Robinson, and I don't, I just don't think that's realistic. Mitchell Robinson already on a mid-level type money deal. Does he come to the Chicago Bulls who won't have cap space uh, for uh, all they can offer him is a mid-level unless they get interested with moving uh, some pieces around. So we'll see what happens with the Chicago Bulls as far as improving that. But again, Nikola Vucevic's season isn't quite as bad as some Bulls fans would have you believe, and it wasn't quite as good as somebody like Shea would have you believe either. But that's why I said, let me know what you guys think down below about Shea's uh, point with the playoffs, my points that I've made, and what ranking would you give Nikola Vucevic for his season? And I meant to put up a poll. I put up a poll about him and Javante Green. I don't think I did one on Javante Green yesterday either. But let's get into the next voicemail. And this one is a long one, but it's a good one from JDH. How are you doing, Hayes? This is JDH. California. And if you can explain food agency to us very briefly, I'd appreciate it. Now, I left a, a comment the other day uh, on one of your videos, and um, um, you said, you know, if that being leaves, what can the bull do? And I said, well, we could take the money we were going to give Zach Levine, and we'll give it to other players. And you said, well, it doesn't work like that. So my question is, why doesn't it work like that? So if Zach decides he's going to sign with another team and we're going to pay him upward $40 million a year, why can't we take that money and put it toward other players, whether it be two players or one player or three players? Um why can't we just spread it around? It seems like it has to be a signing trade. Like, unless we sign Zach Levine and trade him, he's just going to be gone. But if we have $40 million or upwards of that to spend on him and he decides to leave, why are we left with nothing? So essentially what I want to know is, you know, how does free agency work? And if Zach decides to leave, why does that leave us with nothing? It would seem to me like if we have $40 million to spend on Zach a year, and he decides, well, I'm a free agent and I'm playing where I want to go, we should be able to take that money we're going to pay to him and pay it to whoever we want. But it seems now if he leaves, we're just left with nothing. So how does that work? And if you could briefly explain that. All right. And so JDH asked about cap space. And this is, you know, I'm, I'm glad that he asked that. I'm not, and I'm <clears throat> JDH, don't feel embarrassed at all for asking that because there are a lot of a lot of people, especially in YouTube comments, who, who are making, you know, ideas and predictions and, and free agent scenarios, not really understanding the NBA cap thing is a I'm not a capologist at all. Right. I understand it to a degree. Um, especially just by following the game and everything like that. But it can be a very difficult and overwhelming thing to fully take in. So, you know, to, to focus on your main point there of Zach Levine and the Bulls re-signing him, and if they don't re-sign him, does that money just go away? So the way that it works is that the in the NBA, you can go over the cap to sign your own players, but that doesn't necessarily translate to just pure cap space to go out and spend that same money on somebody else if Zach leaves. The Bulls are already over the cap. They're, un they're under the luxury tax threshold. So there are two different things in play there with NBA. You have the, the cap. You can still go over the cap, 
But then if you go over a certain amount, you're into the luxury tax. That's the one thing that the Bulls have always tried to avoid is the luxury tax. So with that being said, the Bulls are over the cap. So while they can give Zach Levine that $40 million contract per year, um, if Zach were to walk away, they don't have $40 million to then go out and spend on somebody else because they're over the cap. They still only have their mid-level exception. They have a trade exception. They can make trades with certain players. And that's why you hear a lot of a lot of uh, fans who, when they have the conversation about Zach Levine leaving, they talk about signing trades because that's really the only way that we can use that, that money that we would have given Zach to get assets back. So let's say the Spurs do uh, sign, they have the cap space to sign Zach Levine, then the Bulls contact them and say, hey, we can give you guys a few uh, that extra year. We can get some extra money for you for Zach. Um, but it has to be a signing trade, meaning, hey, give us some of your first round picks that you guys have. <laughs> Maybe give us one of your young guys. Since now signing Zach Levine, you guys are probably trying to compete now. So JDH, great question. But yes, it doesn't, that money that they give Zach Levine, if he were to walk, we lose out on that. We don't have that as true cap space this season to go out and, and use that $40 million to try to improve the roster. This is why it's highly unlikely that the Bulls are going to let Zach Levine walk because at the end of the day, letting that 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 much in assets walk away, because even if they do re-sign Zach and then in the season, the two seasons, they, they get a great deal and let's, it's not likely. I want to make sure it's not likely they're going to trade Zach if they do sign him. But you, you, it, this game, this NBA thing is all about assets. It's all about flexibility. Now, one thing could be said as well, not if they, if they do lose Zach outright and he signs with another team, while that doesn't translate to immediate cap space this season, when you look at, the, at, at how, the, how things continue to go for the Chicago Bulls, Vucevic's 20, 20, million, 20 plus million dollar contract coming off the books, uh, Debo's contract coming off the books in two years, you can get cap space that way. Just by over the course of time, your contract's lessening. You now don't have a $40 million contract in the sense of Zach Levine. But, yeah, so if, the, if Zach Levine does walk, they, don't, they, they just don't have that money to just go out and spend on other players. That's why when you hear, hear certain Bulls fans talk about, like, signing Mitchell Robinson, the AD thing, going out and getting players like Oladipo and things, like, unless these players are coming for either the veter veterans minimum or the mid-level exception – it's going to be interesting to see what AK and Eversley do to get, to improve this bench. I do expect them to improve it drastically. I do expect them to get creative, but there's only so much creativity that you can do when you're when you're hampered by the the NBA cap and the cap rules and by the fact that we still don't know if this team is allowed to go into the luxury tax. So that's the thing that I'm going to leave you guys on with this. Zach Levine, whatever happens with his contract, do you think that the Reinsdorfs allow AK and Eversley to go into the luxury tax. Some We did a little bit of conversation on that early in the season when Michael Reinsdorf has, had his interview and things like that. But this season is going to be really telling on how and how, how much flexibility AK and Eversley have in really building out this roster when it comes to the luxury tax and, and things like that. Let me know what you guys think about that down below. But that's been another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Thank you so much to JDH um, and Shay for sending in those voicemails. I want to hear from you guys as well. So don't be afraid to send in voicemails as well from you guys. But that's it. Make sure you're following the podcast at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave your text and or voicemail, you can do so at 773-270-2799. Like I like to end everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break Media. Media.